Hello, my name is Sam Becker, and I'm the Brookings First United Methodist Church's Worship Technology and Media Director. On behalf of our pastors, Pete Grassow and Krista Ducker, I welcome you to this episode of Messages from First United Methodist Brookings. This podcast is a full audio version of the sermon and scripture from each week's Sunday morning and Wednesday Manna in the Middle services. Today's message was delivered by Pastor Pete Grasso on July 11th, 2021. You can watch the entire service on our website at brookingsmethodist.org and on our Facebook page at Brookings First United Methodist Church. Now, here's Pastor Pete with The Irritating Neighbor. We are currently following a teaching series within the life of our church. It's entitled, Who is My Neighbor? It is an opportunity for us to reflect on those words of Jesus who, when he teaches about that Good Samaritan, reminds us that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. There is a book available from the church if you'd like to pick it up, or alternatively you can go to our website and you'll find it online that picks up the teachings of each week and also gives you some readings for each day. Today's scripture reading found in the Gospel of St. Mark. I'm reading from Mark chapter 6. This is the lectionary reading for today. Uh, Fortuitously, it challenges us to ask questions about who our neighbor is. Mark 6, I begin at verse 17. It was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he'd married her. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death, but she could not, for Herod feared John knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. Just so far. So here's the story. Herod had a troublesome neighbor called John the Baptist, who you might remember preached at the River Jordan, and called people to repent for their sins. One of the people John challenged to repent was King Herod. John became that irritating neighbor that the king uh, could not bear because he spoke about the king's personal morality. But let's just back up and fill in some of the information. When this part of scripture talks about Herod, it is talking about Herod Antipas, who is the son of Herod the Great. Herod the Great is mentioned at the birth of Jesus, and then he dies, and his sons, his three sons, between them, rule the Jewish people. Herod Antipas, 
who was one of at least 14 children that Herod the Great had by eight different wives, um, was made ruler of Galilee by the Roman Senate and so was therefore a ruler of the region where Jesus lived, a ruler of the region where John the Baptist preached. Herod Antipas, raised in Rome, educated in Caesar's palace, as was his brother Philip. Kind of imagine young playboys with money to burn, hanging out in Rome and enjoying the good life in Rome while their father ruled a far-flung but strategically important part of the Roman Empire. But here's where it gets interesting. Because Herod Antipas, the younger brother, fell in love with his older brother's wife. Her name was Herodias. And Antipas and Herodias began an affair. They were both married. And so this adulterous couple made a plan. Herod Antipas divorced his wife. And Herodias divorced her husband, and Antipas and Herodias married and moved to Israel, where Antipas then takes up a position as a tetroch, or a governor of a province called Galilee. All of which would not have caused too much comment in Rome, because Roman culture was hedonistic. Many men had wives and concubines. Many wives had extramarital affairs. But this caused a scandal in Israel. You see, Herod Antipas was not just a Roman educated playboy. He was born into a Jewish family. The family of Herod the Great were descended from Esau, the older brother of Isaac. And for a Jew to take his brother's wife was a scandal because the Jewish law was quite clear. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 21, and I quote, If a man takes his brother's wife, it is impurity. He has uncovered his brother's nakedness. They shall be childless. And ironically, Antipas and Herodias remained childless. But but this newlywed couple moved back to Israel with a teenage daughter called Salome, and the three settle into Antipas's palace in Tiberias near the Sea of Galilee. Only to discover that life was not a peaceful escape from Rome. You see, Herod had a noisy neighbor who preached in public, and people began not only to listen to his sermons, but pass on what he had to say. I read from Mark 6 verse 18. John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. I guess you could say that John took to social media to talk about Herod. You know that social media that's passed on from mouth to mouth and ear to ear? And I think important to note the ancient tradition that holds rulers accountable for their lives. 
be warned, the greater your profile, the greater should be your moral righteousness. And, and as an aside, I find it as a Christian deeply disturbing to hear people trying to separate personal moral behavior from powerful political positions. I'm convinced if you cannot manage your private behavior, you have no business trying to manage the public life of a nation. Do not let anyone say, oh, well, it doesn't matter what he does or she does in private. I remain convinced that our scriptures show that your private behavior is a good predictor of your public behavior. And so it was predictable that the powerful family were not happy with John. I go back to the text, Mark 6:19. Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death. But she could not for Herod fear John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man. You see, here is the moment of decision. Does Herod listen to the truth of God? Or does he try and silence it? Perhaps many powerful people face that same question. When disturbing revelations of their private lives emerge, the temptation to shut down the source of information. Nowadays you will sue the journalist or threaten to sue the journalist or or threaten to silence the news service um, or more insidiously hire some people to do a private visit to tell that person to stop speaking. Well, that's really what happened. You know the story as well as I do. Mark 6.21, I'll just read the, that verse. When an opportunity came, Sorry, but an opportunity came when Herod on his birthday gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. Herodias' daughter came in and danced. She pleased Herod and his guests, and the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. And she asked for the head of John the Baptist, and Herod cut off the head of the prophet. Hmm. Note one obvious lesson. 2,000 years later, we all know that John the Baptist condemned the affair of Herodias and Herod. Silencing the prophet did not silence the truth. So, is there something we take away with us? Maybe for today. Pay attention to that irritating neighbor. You see, we cannot only listen to people who say nice things to us. I'm convinced there are moments God will send a prophet into our lives to speak truth. And it might not be the truth we want to hear, but it will be the truth we need to hear. At that point, we have a choice. We can try to silence the voice or we can pay attention. I really do speak out of my own personal experience. Many years ago as a young pastor, my children had a prize giving at school, but I had a church meeting on the same night. So I apologized to my children and said, I have a church meeting. And then they went one way and I went another. 
after the church meeting, as I was leaving, a member of the congregation said to me, but aren't your daughters getting prizes at school tonight? Uh, yes, but, but my wife is there. And then the irritating neighbor who says to me, you're not that important to our church. And just as I was, you know, taking a breath, she said, do you want your daughters to grow up hating church because it took their daddy away from their prize giving? You see, I needed an irritating neighbor to speak truth into my life. And so that prompts me to ask, who is your John the Baptist who can speak truth into your life? Of course, of course, you can choose to close your ears. You can choose to say, I will not listen to that person because they make me uncomfortable. But maybe, maybe you need to interrogate why you feel uncomfortable. Let's not kill the messenger because the message makes us uncomfortable. Let's remember that like John the Baptist, God might send prophets our way to speak uncomfortable truth into our lives so that we can become better people. Imagine, just imagine how history might have been different had Herod chosen to listen to John and repented and changed his life. Sadly, sadly, history shows that he did not. And uh, here it ends up in ignominy. My prayer, my prayer that you might, might find space to say thank you, God, for that irritating neighbor who speaks truth into my life because it's that that keeps me true. And it strikes me, maybe, just maybe, you might become the irritating neighbor for someone else. That when you see a, a, an opportunity to speak truth, you might not stay quiet for fear of irritating someone. You might have the bravery to speak to that person so that they might grow and might become more like Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message from First United Methodist Brookings. To get every message delivered to you, subscribe to this podcast for free and leave us a review wherever you get yours. And be sure to watch for new podcasts from us launching in the coming months. You can always find more information about our services and outreach on our website at brookingsmethodist.org and on our Facebook page, Brookings First United Methodist Church. On behalf of the pastors of Brookings First United Methodist Church, thank you for listening and see you next time. This podcast was produced by Sam Becker on behalf of First United Methodist Church in Brookings, South Dakota. Intro and outro music was performed by our praise team under CCLI license number 936719, streaming plus license number 21039161. Visit brookingsmethodist.org for more information.